clear digital HD and online at WMUZ.com. This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. And good evening. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. It's 11 o'clock. It's Wednesday night, middle of the week. You've made it this far. So we have the home stretch Thursday and Friday coming at you tomorrow. But before you go to bed and get ready for your big week, the big end of the week, let's minister to the Word of God tonight. And uh, it's going to be a good night, a half hour of bringing you the Word of God. And we're live, 313-838-1035. If you want to call in, you want to request prayer, call in tonight, 313-838-1035. We'll take your call, we'll pray with you, and we'll bless you tonight. We're honored you're listening to us. Before we get started tonight, quick announcement. As you know, if you've been listening this week, we have our service coming up on Friday at 7.30 p.m. Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan. And I'll be ministering the Word of God and praying for people. If you have someone that's sick and need a touch from God, come out. Bring them. It's free. There's no registration necessary. Also, my book, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation, is available. Amazon.com. Just go on, type Chris Palmer or The Believer's Journey, and it'll pop up. It'll be a blessing to you. People use it for Bible study and use it for reading, and it's a good book. It'll bless your life. So I recommend that you get it. Also, I want to let you know if you want to write to us, info at chrispalmerministries.com. And, you know, we're a a partner-supported ministry, so you can also write P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. And we are always happy to hear from people that listen to the broadcast and enjoy it. And we welcome you, and we're humbled to have uh, people that write us emails. And they're always a blessing and sometimes even entertaining. Okay, let's get into what God has for us tonight. I remind you again, we're live, 313-838-1035. I want to talk to you tonight. I want to finish talking to you about the journey that God has for you. And I'm ministering out of one section of my book. And so tonight I want to minister out of the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I like ministering out of here, but something was going on here in the church of Corinth. Verse number 12, Paul says this. Now this I say that every one of you says, I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos, and I'm of Cephas, and I am of Christ. And then in verse 13, Paul says, is Christ divided? And when he says to Christ, he's talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul or a man? He says, but I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius. Then Paul comes over here, and he says here, In verse number 1 of chapter 2, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I didn't come with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. There was an issue going on, big issue going on in uh, Corinth at that time. People were following men. They were putting eminence on the place that men had in their development in Christ. Paul wanted to begin his letter to the church at Corinth by stating that one of the big problems that the church was having was that it's good to follow men, but they were putting the source of what men had to say above what the Spirit of God had to say. And I'll say this tonight, that when you just allow men to teach you, well, many times the problem with that is, 
is highly limited. So if I've said this a million times on this broadcast, I'll say it again tonight, that it's about having the Holy Spirit teach you and tapping into the source of the Holy Spirit. I want to continue talking about that tonight. And I want to show you that when you tap into the source of the Spirit, you'll begin to access the mind of God. And believers that access the mind of God are believers that accelerate in their walk with Him. Believers that don't access the mind of God, but just access mere men's mind, will stay stagnant in their walk, and they'll get to the end of their rope and look for something new. But believers that access the mind of God, they're always full of fresh virtue, and believers that don't are always in some kind of despondency or despair. And believers that learn to, with the help of the Holy Spirit, access God's thoughts, begin to have answers to prayer, and believers that don't will eventually get frustrated. And I've seen believers that don't access God's mind. And let me say this, accessing the mind of God has more to do than exegesis, has more to do than a sound hermeneutical approach to the Word of God, has more to do than just listening to your favorite preacher on television. Friend, accessing the mind of God means cooperation with the Holy Spirit as He opens up to you the very truth that's in the Word of God. Go to the phones tonight, David, from Detroit, you're on the broadcast. Welcome, God bless you. God bless you, man of God. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. I'm calling, but I called you uh, yesterday. I was uh, going on a fast day, and we touched a degree yesterday. Yes, I remember. God bless you. I, I just want to, I'm coming off my fast and uh, very shortly, but I just wanted to thank you and and just uh, ask God's blessing upon you and your family, and uh, that God's right hand would, would keep you always and protect you and guide you and bless you. And um if you would let the Holy Spirit lead you now um, for me, because I was fasting for my family to be delivered and set free and saved. And, uh, and I just want to thank you again, and uh, God bless you. Well, thank you, David, and I appreciate that. I received that blessing, and let me pray for you as you end your fast, okay? Thank you, sir. Father, I received David's blessings. Thank you, Father. I pray tonight in the name of Jesus as he ends this fast. My name is William. Uh, who is this? William. Okay, William. I'm sorry. I'll take King oh. David. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, we mixed it up on the board here. Okay, let me pray for you, William. William, David, same thing. Okay, Father, I thank you for William. I thank you for the power that is upon him as a result of his obedience to you, Lord, to fast. And in the name of Jesus, we declare tonight that everything that has been accomplished in this fast, we seal it tonight with our agreement. Yes, well, we declare you. that even things that have been done in the spirit realm shall by no power be undone. And in the name of Jesus, I release to him, uh, and we touch and agree and declare our prayer releases to him, Father, every blessing, every good and perfect thing that you have given to us through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ shall not be withheld. And I declare, Absolutely. Father, his family receives it now in the name yes. of Jesus Hallelujah. Okay, William, God bless you, and we will keep up. Thank you. God bless you, my God. The source that you have is the Spirit of God. Now, I'm going to say this. Too much study, too much knowledge, the Bible says, puffeth up. There are people many times, and they think because they have high degrees. Now, I encourage education. I think every believer should get educated. I think that if you're going to go into the ministry, you should rightly prepare you should go to Bible school. You should, it would benefit you to learn ancient languages. Uh, Hebrew, Greek, these are all wonderful things. Um, but, again, your 
walk with God is based upon a living revelation with the real spirit who is the Holy Spirit. And I know people that have these educations and they put a lot of eminence in that. And still, they don't know what the Word of God means. They pull the Word of God apart. They look at scrupulize every single scripture and say, it says this in the Greek, it says that in the Greek, and then the original text, and then the Latin, and from this, blah, 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 blah. And then you know what? They don't know what the Word's saying because the Word of God's never become a part of them. And this is what Paul's dealing with at the church at Corinth. They're saying, hey, they were approaching the Word of God from a Greek mindset. Let's just, let's just look at this Word from a philosopher's standpoint. And they ended up shipwrecked, and we'll see that in just a second after we take Melody's call from Royal Oak. God bless you, Melody. Yes, um, I need prayer tonight. Okay. My husband and I, we're both over-exhausted because we really did a lot of work around the house and everything. And if you could just pray that we'd have a great night and we'd wake up refreshed. And well, you sound, you sound tired, sore. Melody. You sound tired and wow. I am tired. You know, I moved so much furniture. My husband moved so much furniture today. We were cleaning up the whole boy, oh boy. entire apartment. My God. You know, and he's like 43, and I'm uh, 51. So we did a lot of work today to get the house really clean. And our whole body aches, well, you know. Well, it sounds like you need a, a day of rest, huh? Yeah, well, I got to do the bills and everything, so I got to be able to, uh, you know, get up get and go refreshed. to work. Yeah. Well, let me pray for you. Amen. Father, thank you for Melody and her husband. I just thank you. Your word says, Come to me, all them that are weary and burdened, and I shall give you rest. And I just speak rest on it. Psalm 3, 5 says that I laid me down and slept and I awake for the Lord sustain me. Father, I pray that your sustaining power be upon Melody and her husband. And Lord, I thank you for their new home. I bless it in the name of Jesus. I bless, Father, the atmosphere of that. I pray, Father, that you bring forth the atmosphere of peace. I declare that every uh, spirit of tension go in Jesus' name. And I just declare, Lord, that their house is not just a house, it's a home, and it is a habitation for the Spirit of God. And I pray tonight there be peace in their sleep and refreshing when they wake up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God Thank bless you, you so Melody. Much. Thank you for God calling. Bless you. Your source is the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. He's the one that wants to bring you. You know, people try religion. They say, oh, I've tried religion. It doesn't work for me. Well, you can't try the Bible without the Spirit. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and he says in verse 4, My speech and my preaching were not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Man's wisdom means, you know, your professor at Cambridge, your professor at Harvard, or even the eloquency of preaching today. We've been in an era today, many times, where charisma has replaced the anointing and where intelligence has replaced revelation. Now, I believe in intelligence, but... Hear what I'm saying tonight. You see what I'm saying? The Word of God has to be God-breathed to you. The Holy Ghost has to be a participant in your understanding of it. Okay, so he says this was where his source is from. And because of this source, he arrived in the end of his discussion in 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Well, who's the administrator of the kingdom? And who's the governor of the kingdom? Holy Ghost. So if you want to participate in the kingdom, you will have to cooperate with the Spirit of God. And when the Spirit of God gets a hold of you, friend, starts teaching you, He breathes His Word on, it, it, unto you from His Word. And it produces in your life, I'll say it like this, sustaining power. 
And Paul was saying that when the Corinthians approached the word of God with a puffed up mindset to receive, it produced no power. But when they allowed the Holy Ghost to open the word of God up and unfold it to them, it produced a sustaining, perpetual power. And Paul is walking in that power and he says, I didn't come unto you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but there was a demonstration in what I had to say. So you say, uh, someone says, well, I have all this knowledge and understanding. Nah, nah, nah. You say, can you demonstrate the word? Can you pull heaven down when someone comes to you? Can you start praying for them? And can you believe God? Do you go out and share your faith? Do people get saved when you talk? Are the results? Is there fruit in your preaching? You know, I go to a seminary, and I'm very thankful for it. But also, the seminarians will tell you. They'll admit and be the first themselves. The theologians, the ones that handle the right things of the Word of God, they'll tell you, if you try to go at the Word of God with just an intellectual standpoint, your theology will become cold, it'll become fireless, and you'll become a cold-hearted individual who just is a mere entertainer of themselves with their own puffy knowledge. So if we're going to walk in intelligence but not love, then we've missed the message at all. Yes, brother, but you don't see. They've got this point wrong in the Bible. It's supposed to be this and not that. And you see that the motive of the heart is wrong. What's the word of God really doing any good for them if they can't walk in love? That's what it's all about, friends, walking in love. Yes, but I disagree with that. You have to walk in love with people you disagree with. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't argue with people. You disagree with what I have to say? You don't like what I'm saying? Well, I still love you. And I'm not going to allow it to get between us. You're my brother. And when we get to heaven, we'll sort it out. Okay? Does that sound good? There was a difference between Paul and the Corinthians. Paul was walking in his inheritance. But the Corinthians, he says in verse number 1 of chapter 3, you're still carnal. How many Christians today are still carnal, walking in carnal things? They can't kick smoking, can't kick alcoholism, can't kick sexual problems, can't kick cussing, can't kick things. Just walking carnal. Well, when you walk carnally, it just means that you're not walking in your inheritance that Jesus gave to you as an adopted son of God. And uh, the reason why they stayed carnal is because their source was mixed up. Their source was man. I'll say this. I'm going to say this tonight. This is powerful. This is powerful. If your source is carnal, you will be carnal. If your source is a man, you will walk like a man. Oh, that's powerful. If your source is the spirit, you will walk in the spirit. And Paul had the mind of the spirit. This is powerful. Listen, your source, <laughs> uh, you know what, I hope you're enjoying tonight's show. I'm having fun. 313-838-1035. 313-838-1035. Your source determines what dwells inside of you. If your source is the mind of a professor, well, the words of that professor are going to dwell in you. If your source is, uh, you know, your favorite teacher, your, that source will dwell in you. And you will take on the, the personality of that person. How many times have you seen someone, they get under a professor they like at a Bible school, and they start acting like that professor? Hand gestures become like that professor. They even start dressing like that professor. But if your source is the mind of God, now you can appreciate that, don't get me wrong, but I'm talking about total imminence. If your source is the mind of God, guess what? 
the breath of God will dwell inside you and you'll start to take on the personality of God. Someone told me one time, they said, how come when I, I have all this knowledge, but when I'm preaching, I'm not bold? How come I have all this understanding, but when I get up there to preach or to minister, I'm not effective? And I say, because you are under the spout of a man, and that man's boldness is not something that can be transferred to you. The boldness they walk in is uh, from the Spirit. But they got it from the Spirit because they have a relationship with the Spirit. All you have is a relationship with that man. You don't have a relationship with the Spirit. And so he can't give you that boldness. Only the Spirit can give you that boldness. So you need that boldness in your life. What do I do? Hook up to the Holy Ghost. Many times people don't want to establish this relationship with the Spirit, although tonight he longs to have that relationship with you. He longs to refresh you. He longs to pull you out of that depression. He longs to fill you with the love of God. He longs to get you in a mature place where even people that criticize and come after you, you love them and bless them. He longs to mature you like that. But people say, no, no, I don't know if I want to go down that road with the Holy Spirit because it might require too much on my part. Well, you will be immature, and the weeping and gnashing of teeth that you experience will be when you get to heaven and you see your reward that you could have had, and you realize it, and you have to live eternally without it because you didn't want the Holy Spirit to put you in his classroom and mature you. Well, brother, you don't believe in hell? Oh, I believe in hell, all right. I do believe in hell. But I think many times the weeping and gnashing of teeth that we see in Scripture has also to do with the believer losing his reward. <laughs> Moving forward tonight, boy, I'm excited. I'm pumped up. I'll be pumped up at my service Friday night, 730, Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan. Okay? Be there. You say, why should I come to your service? Well, you don't have to come. <laughs> but I'd love you to come. And you'll get a touch from God. He'll be there. Boy, oh boy. God is good. I don't know. I was on my way here tonight. The Red Sox looked like they were winning the World Series. I don't know if it's over. People might be listening to the World Series tonight. Go uh, Pistons. They started their uh, season tonight. We'll see how they do. Anyway, getting back to the Word of God. This isn't Variety Radio. This is Transforming Truth. Okay, let me say this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And verse 9, it says, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now, I've seen this on greeting cards. I've got this, I think, when I graduated high school, someone put this, gave me this card and said, Brother, I have not seen, nor ear heard the things that God has for you when you get to college. Well, that's nice. But really, the verse is not talking about believers here. Because this verse is written out of response when he's talking about people that crucified Jesus. Let me say this. Um, the princes of this world crucified Jesus because they failed to get a revelation into the mind of God as to who he is. You can be religious and near Christ, but never access the mind of God. You can claim to know God. You can claim to have a heritage of being from people that knew God. This is the Pharisees. Their heritage goes all the way back to Moses. The Sadducees, they don't believe in a resurrection. goes all the way back to Moses. You can even exegete the scripture. That's what the Sanhedrin did. The 71. But they stood right next to Jesus. And had no relationship with him. So, when you don't have a revelation of the mind of God. God can manifest himself right in front of you. 
wrapped in human flesh, and you can miss it. Oh, I don't understand why God never speaks to me. I read the Bible. I go to church. I pray. I drop $10 in the offering bucket, but it comes by. But he never seems to talk to me. Because God is a spirit. And they that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. If you want to get in touch with the Lord, what you need is to participate with the spiritual side of God. He is a spirit. It takes Being spiritual it takes a surrender to the Holy Ghost in your life. Jesus in Luke chapter 19 and verse 41, after He made His entrance, coming down the Mount of Olives, He went over, after the triumphal entry, He goes over, after being criticized by the Pharisees, and he overlooks Jerusalem, and he cries. And this is one of the only times in Scripture we see Jesus crying. There's a couple of times. And I think there's actually two, and I think this is one of them. Jesus is weeping. And Jesus says in chapter 19, let me turn in there and read it for you tonight, in verse number 41, And when he was come near, he beheld the city, and he wept over it. Wept. It just wasn't crying. He was weeping. Crying, sobbing. Jesus, the Messiah. If you had known... Even now, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from your eyes. For the day shall come upon thee that your enemies shall cast a trench about thee, encompass thee round, and keep thee in on every side. He's talking about when it was destroyed in 70 A.D. by the Roman Empire. And shall lay even with the ground, and thy children within thee. He was prophesying. Jesus was a prophet as well. Son of God, but a prophet. Jerusalem missed their hour because they placed an emphasis on the exegetical interpretation of Moses, but failed to see Jesus. Now, this is powerful. I want to say this. I believe in correct scriptural interpretation and keeping things within context to understand things in scripture. But I believe that above everything, there has to be a requirement, a relationship with the Holy Spirit in your life, friend, that every person should have that. Every person needs to allow the Spirit to open the Word of God up. Because even in the days of Jesus, when you had the Jews, you had one set called the Pharisees, one was the Sadducees, and they did not agree on Scripture, exegesis, and interpretation. And they hated each other. They disagreed. It, it got such a dis Remember when they tried to get Paul and they thought they had him arrested in Acts chapter 23? And the Apostle Paul gets up and he's standing before uh, the, the governor of Caesarea. And I believe it was Festus at that time. And Festus comes and he has. Uh, he calls and tells the high priest to come and they bring San Pharisees and Sadducees. And Paul asks a question about the resurrection. They all start fighting. <laughs> that's how sharp the dispute was but listen all of them missed Jesus because they had their eyes just focused on knowledge but not the illumination of the Holy Ghost to reveal that knowledge well brother you say we should throw the word of God out that's not what I said no I preached the word my spiritual father taught me to preach the word I believe every page of this Bible is inerrant. I believe it's, it, it's completely accurate. I believe it's God-breathed, God-inspired, and everything from cover to cover. Don't take it away and don't add to it. I believe that. But I believe if the Holy Spirit's not illuminating it to you, you're going to miss the whole thing. Because people pick it apart in the universities. You have people in U of M picking it apart. People in the seminary picking it apart. But they have not established a relationship with the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Spirit reveals this mind to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. I have not seen, nor ear heard, and there entered into the heart of men the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. 
So he's talking about that God's prepared things for you. And these are revelational truths concerning the kingdom of God and concerning your identity as a child in the kingdom of God. But look at verse number 10. People say, well, God works in mysterious ways. No, no, no. Look at verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yeah, the deep things of God. What man knows, the things of a man, save the spirit of man that's in him. Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. It gets better. Verse number 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but we received the spirit which is of God. You've been given a reborn human spirit that can freely know the things that are of God. This, listen, takes you out of the class of the Romans who crucified Jesus, the Jews that put him on the cross, the Sanhedrin put him on the cross. I don't want to say all the Jews, it was the religious people that put him on the cross. The religious leaders put Jesus there. The Roman Empire put him there because they didn't know who he was. So I'll say this, when you don't have a revelation of Christ, you will miss him. He will stand right there for you to minister, to heal, to save you, to set you free. And you can miss him and he will pass you by. So when you're saved, friend, you say, what happened to me when I got born again? Well, the first thing is that you received a spirit that is from God. And this spirit that you received from God means that you are a son that can understand him. And receive truth about him. And it pulls you out of the class that's in the world. Be excited, friend. You've been born again. You've been saved. The world doesn't understand God. They can't know God. Apart from Jesus. God can do their best to try and reveal things to them. God can say, well, God can try to come along and... And reveal himself to him in certain ways to get them to accept Jesus. But Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto me except through the Father. Except through me. It comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. And he's the life. He said that he is the only way. And he wants you to receive him tonight. He wants you to give your heart to him. Well, what happens when you get born again? When you get born again, there's a nature change that takes place. The old man dies, the new man comes alive. Then he gives to you the Holy Spirit who comes along. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow night. And he becomes your source. And he there's this mysterious kingdom that the world has not seen with their eyes. A mysterious kingdom in which God does certain things. And you become a part of that kingdom. And you're no longer, you operate in love, not hate. You operate in faith and not fear. You operate in health and not sickness. You operate in peace and not torment. You operate in understanding and not confusion. God doesn't want believers living in that confusion. He doesn't want believers tormented in their minds. My God. He wants you full of his power. The devil's been defeated. He's been dethroned. He's no longer the one that holds the keys of death. Jesus has defeated him. Listen, there is life living in your spirit. Someone asked me, they said, well, what do you think about Halloween, Brother Palmer? I mean, what do you think about it? I mean, what, what do you think? I'm going to tell you something. I don't celebrate anything that glorifies and exalts death. I don't watch movies that talk about death. I don't glorify death. Why don't you do that? Because I'm a believer and I have died unto life. So death to me is unattractive. I don't find skulls attractive. I don't find, uh, you know, witches attractive. I don't find none of that attractive. 
because I'm interested in life. And when you get filled with the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God becomes your source, things that are full of life will be attracted to you, will be attracted to light, virtue, things like this. I want to remind you before we go, friend, that we'll be back on tomorrow night at 11 p.m. And our regular broadcast time that we have is at uh, 12.15 on Saturday nights. Um, but that would technically be Sunday mornings, 12.15, Transforming Truth Broadcast. We're also a partner, uh, listener-supported broadcast. So if you feel in your heart that you want to help us and expand our radio broadcast, be a part of our missions work that we're doing overseas, uh, or continue our distribution of literature, things that the ministry has its hands involved in, we invite you to write to us, P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. And remember, we have a service coming up on Friday. It's free. You don't have to register. You just come. Bring somebody that needs a touch from the Lord. I'm going to be anointing people with oil. I'll pray over prayer cloths. The anointing of God can be distributed through cloth. Acts chapter 19, verse 11. God brought special miracles through the hands of Paul. So we're brought unto him handkerchiefs. And uh, not only that, but uh, it will be a blessing to you. So come out. Come out and let me know you're listening. Uh, Friday, 7.30 p.m. at the Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan. Also, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation. Available, Amazon.com. Go on, type The Believer's Journey, type Chris Palmer, and you will find it. Let me close in prayer tonight. Lord, I thank you for every listener. May the power of the Holy Ghost rest upon them. May you open up their eyes of their understanding. I thank you, Lord, that you are a father. You are the giver of life. And you are the bestower of everything that is good. I bless every listener tonight. I bless my brother. I bless my sister. I pray in the name of Jesus that you open up doors for jobs. Somebody you're listening tonight, you're in despair. You don't have enough money because your job is not providing it. I see you. You're like a janitor. You clean. You're uh, like a custodian, and it's not providing financially for you. The Lord's going to promote you. I pray that you receive an unexpected promotion and that the Lord provide for you completely. Father, I pray for the college students listening tonight. I pray you help them with their studies. Give them power and authority to take the test and not be anxious about it and to do well. I thank you, and I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be back on tomorrow night, 11 o'clock, Transforming Truth Broadcast. Talk to you then. We're out. Now that you've received the transforming truth of the Word of God, go deeper. Go to our website, chrispalmerministries.com, or log on to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash chrispalmerministries. Then partner with Chris financially at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Walled Lake, Michigan, 48390. And tune in again every Saturday night at 12.15 a.m. for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer on WMUZ 103.5 FM, The Light.